I've been waiting 23 years to say that. I just saw uh, the worst news ever, and I'm sorry to break it to you live on this podcast, but the Insane Clown Posse are going on a farewell tour because Violent J has heart failure. <laughs> you know what this means. Uh, Two Broke Geeks slash FBI's Most Unwanted needs to follow them around <laughs> on their farewell tour. I think I have heard exactly one of their songs, and it's that one, the very famous one, Magnets. How do those work, Miracle? What? Well, I'm not going to lie. I think we've talked <laughs> about this before. I ha- I owned three of their albums at a time. Uh-huh. I see. And I remember only really listening to one song that was like called, I, I think, Hocus Pocus. And that was it. <laughs> yeah. There was my weird way to start the show. <laughs> Welcome to the FBI's Most Unwanted. I'm Matt. I'm Justin. And today we are uh, going to be covering the conclusion of last week's episode. That means this is season three, episode 16, Apocrypha, which originally aired February 16th, 1996, and is directed by Kim Manners and written by Frank Spotnitz and Chris Carter. It's actually Kim Manners' first um, uh, mythology episode because up until this point, he had only done a few Monster of the Week episodes. Uh, the title is a reference to the Biblif- biblical apocrypha, which are books of the Bible that the church just decided to go ahead and cut out of the Bible and said they don't count, <laughs> which tells you how religion works. Um, Chris Carter felt... Yeah, you always take out the stuff you don't care about. Chris Carter uh, thought the title was appropriate because the episode's themes were stuff like hidden documents and truths not brought to the light. Um, some other fun behind the scenes stuff is, uh, in this episode, we see Nicholas Lee who plays, uh, Krychek leaking black oil out of his face. Uh, he was fitted with a special mask with tubes in it and he said it was horrible and the scene ended up having to be filmed again a few days later. Yeah. I wonder why that, that scene in general, I was watching, I'm like that, he, that actor cannot be comfortable with that no he all it says here is he said it was horrible yeah Yeah. it's just ooze like we'll get to it when we get to it but just seeing that mask and you see pools of like oil coming out of his eyes yeah just out of every hole in a mask and it's just like that cannot be comfortable for him great effect sort of but yeah but still ugh. yep uh the similar scene from the start of the episode with the submarine caption or submarine caption, submarine captain that was done with a dummy head. Um, and they tried to use a magnetic fluid 
to depict the oil, but they decided it wasn't uh, quote unquote menacing enough and looked a little bit comic. So uh, they built a soundstage that represented the submarine's interior. They rebuilt it so it could be rocked back and forth with the movement being used to guide the flow of the liquid as they got it to run down that drain. And then they enhanced it digitally in post-production. Oh, all right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, one final thing, the missile silo used at the end of the episode, it was incomplete when they see, uh, <laughs> when they uh, filmed that scene. The crew didn't have enough time or money left to complete the set. So they built an incomplete soundstage and they built it around the completed spacecraft prop and then digitally extended the set with computer generated interiors to make it look like they were in a much bigger space. I mean, it looks really good. Yeah, I would have never guessed. So that's how that went. Um, Hold on, I'm getting messages. What's going on here from... I liked your photo of pumpkins. <laughs> oh. Okay, cool. It was um, just... Okay. So, uh, Michael Buble is back in this episode for a short I kind of was hoping he would do a singing number, but whatever. I know. Okay, so the episode uh, starts back in uh, August 1953, where uh, the last remaining burn radiation victim from the submarine is talking to three government agents about what happened on the Zeus Faber. That's uh, the, the final part of the episode uh, from that story from the last episode where he's like, you know, we were down there and we knew that uh, we had been set up and the Navy will never tell the real truth, but here's the, the real truth. We were locked in with the captain who had the black oil and we knocked him out and the black oil went out of his body and exited back into the sea and it's still down there and you need to tell the truth. You need to tell the truth, Mr. Mulder. And one of the agents there is is a young Bill Mulder, Fox's father. And then the other young agent there is the smoking man who's like yeah sucking dick man oh yeah the, the, the. he's just, he's like yeah you can trust us <laughs> as he lights a cigarette that's first of all dick moved to light a cigarette in an area with a guy who's like probably gonna die of radiation <laughs> mm-hmm. back then you could just smoke in the hospital which is a weird thought <gasps> right next to right next to the oxygen tank i know right <laughs> pretty crazy uh, so, uh, back in the present, uh, Scully is in the hospital. She meets up with a couple other agents in the hospital who were like, you know, he was shot. We, we don't have like a ton of evidence. Oh, Skinner. Skinner was shot. We don't have a ton of evidence yet, but we're working on it. Uh, Skinner comes out of surgery. Okay. And... Skinner tells Scully he's pretty sure he's seen the man that shot him before, but he's, you know, obviously he just came out of surgery from being shot. He's all doped up. He doesn't get to say much more right then. And Scully's like, I don't think this was an accident. Like, or I don't think this was a random shooting. Like, we need to make sure that he's protected. And so then we see Mulder and Krychek there back in the United States and... 
they're in a car driving away from the airport. They- this is another instance of the guys that follow up behind them had to be sitting there all night and you know they must have had some false uh, some false starts where it's like, I think that's the car. Let's follow it. No, no, not no, that's not the car. Like, they, they, they somehow knew that Krychek was on that plane. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, we don't really know how they knew that he was there. And so they're following him. <laughs> and I actually laughed when Mulder's like, they're following us. Drive faster. <laughs> and he pulls his gun on Krychek like... What, what, what are you, you going to do? How is that, th- that going to make him drive faster? He's driving. You're <laughs> not going to shoot him. You drive faster or we both die. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't make any sense. But they get run off the road anyway. They hit random garbage pails full it's, of water uh, on the well, side of the road. <laughs> so the, the, that's an old... That's part, partially a trick for... Because it happens in a lot of movies where they have water barrels, mm-hmm. uh, where in random spots. But I think they're they're actually used in constru- road construction. Oh yeah, probably the water is to just their barriers, and the water yeah. is supposed to keep. Them but it's always been. But it's always the go-to for car chases when cars are going to get run off the road. Where we need barrels <clears throat> full of water, <laughs> mostly in cities though. Uh, so Mulder, he's injured. He's smacked his head against the windshield and he's losing consciousness, but he sees, uh, two guys pull Krychek out of the car. But obviously Krychek, if you remember from the last episode is infected with the black oil and the black oil lets you do the whoosh bright light that gives everybody the radiation. Um, so then, uh, Mulder wakes up. Well, actually, no. I was going to say, first, Scully goes and uh, she sees her little buddy down in the, the lab uh, who has the big crush on her. Uh, and he has found some hairs from the scene where Skinner was shot. And Scully's like, huh. Uh, and they run whatever analysis they run on hair. Yeah. It's like blood samples. We have like, that's like hair analysis from chromosomes or whatever. And then Scully takes the hair thing. And then when Mulder wakes up in the hospital and he's like, well, I guess I'm, I guess I'm not dead. Cause, and she's like, yep. Well, uh, you know, Skinner's been shot. And Oh, by the way, this is the hair sample readout of the man that uh, shot Skinner, and here's this other one. Oh yeah, that's the guy that shot my shot and killed my sister Melissa. So this dude is now <clears throat> the. We know that that's the guy that killed Melissa. And then, oh, everything gets all kind of. This episode's hard to keep track of. It bounces back and forth a lot. So uh, the syndicate, they're in New York. Yeah, they're the having first... like a whole conversation mm-hmm. about trying to find the tape, and uh, one of them. The first yeah. elder realizes that um, the French salvage ship had been out by the uh, sunken UFO, where you know where they had pulled the UFO out of the water, but nobody else was supposed to go out there. 
And that's when uh, I think it's the well-manicured man that realizes that they have an information leak somehow. Right? That's yeah, that's yeah, because they're talking about it's like uh, the well-manicured man's like I don't have all the details, but I have the I have the man coming now that is responsible, which is Krychek, mm-hmm. because they're bringing Krychek in. Uh, well, and they also uh, they they mention their friend in Washington who is yeah. the smoking man, and huh, so the smoking man he is um with the dudes that were supposed to pick up Krychek but that are all burned now and they're with a doctor and the smoking man is like oh yeah or in the 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 doctor's like wow I've never seen anything like this before and the smoking man is like well I have make sure their bodies are destroyed but they're and not the do- dead yet <laughs> Well, that's the prognosis, isn't it? Yes. And then he just walks out. What Such a, cold a fucking bastard. douche. Um, and I can't remember how the smoking man finally realizes that Krychek is back in the United... I guess because he's the one that sent the... It, I, I got that, a little confused. That, it, I had a hard time following that because it kind of bounced around because after that, it was like a month later... Or something when, because Fox. Well, it wasn't super later because Mulder. Oh no, had I'm skipping. The... I'm skipping ahead to a whole to. I'm I'm jumping myself ahead. Right, because Mulder. In the meantime, Mulder has the key. He made Krychek give him the key. Yeah, and, and he... he has the lone gunman do this fucking elaborate, like, ice skating rink bit where the, all three of them are just skating in this ice skating rink looking at all the trench coat people. <laughs> they're all... They're all... Because uh, as weird as they are and everything, and as, as, as batty as they are, they are presumably they they do provide Mulder with enough good information to know that they they know what they're doing so yeah. i guess they know what they're looking for but yeah they look so silly going around making sure that nobody is watching this specific locker <laughs> <laughs> and they they pull the thing out and it's supposed to have the digital tape in the locker but somebody has already gotten it and that somebody of course is Krychek, who then we go to the smoking man's apartment and Krychek shows up in the smoking man's apartment. Yeah. And the smoking man is like, I have what you're looking for. Meaning we find out that he's not talking to Krychek. He's talking to the black oil because uh, the smoking man knows where the, the black oils craft is. Um. <sighs> And then they finally find out the name of the shooter. His name is Luis Cardinal. And he is a, a bad dude. Um, we, kind he, of a weird he, mark. Yeah, the, like, he was like ex-Marine that was like known for mm-hmm. uh, in Brazil or something that's like known for being a master marksman. Yep, he's a, he's a good marksman. And Skinner finally says to Scully... Yeah, like I know where I saw that guy. He was with Krychek when they assaulted me in the stairwell and took the tape away from me. And then 
the smoking man is is talking to the syndicate and they're mad at him because he moved the ufo on his own <laughs> and this is the scene where we find out that Mulder has has gotten a uh, a phone number off of the envelope <laughs> that he which is another extremely like kind of funny because like the lone gunmen are like there seems to be some indents like someone wrote on top of the envelope and they're going over all the different scientific methods of how they can pull it and Mulder, and Mulder just grabs the pencil just, over it yeah <laughs> just does a rub and, and so he calls the syndicate's office and your buddy the, 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 the man the we just dubbed man. the sucking dick man <laughs> the well manicured man's assistant he answers the phone and he's like no no, no, nobody's here. This is a private line. Get off here. And the mel- the the well-manicured man is like, give me that phone. And he's like, hello, who is this? And Mulder's like, yeah, well, who is this? And they, they finally realize who each other are. And the well-manicured man is like, well, uh, I'll just, I'll hand the phone back to my assistant, the sucking dick man. And, uh, you'll t- and I'll have him tell you where to meet me. And he puts his hand over the phone. And he's like, tell him I'll meet him in Central Park at this time under this streetlight. And as soon as you hang up the phone, have this number disconnected. Which is weird because he could have just done that himself. But I guess the sucking dick man just really needs that make that money. He needs something to do, man. It's like, the, what are they paying him for except to suck their Like, dicks? he could have easily just said, like, meet me in time. Meet <laughs> me in really the park could. at three. And then he, hand it over and be like, disconnect this. He really could have. It was... Um, and so the well-manicured man shows up and he's like, Mulder, look, this... the the." there was a ufo down there and the cover story was the atomic bomb and you know he tells the whole backstory that we already know and he's like so you know where krychek is and Mulder's like well i thought you knew where krychek was and the whole exchange is basically neither one of them knows where krychek is and the other thing he says is he hints he says anybody can be gotten to meaning Skinner. So obviously Scully runs to the hospital when Mulder calls her and Skinner's been taken out of his room and put on an ambulance to be moved to another hospital and which again this whole segment this is this is a this was another moment where I was just like this was a Mulder thing that uh-huh. Scully just started doing cuz well, yeah she hunts down the ambulance and it's like I want to ride with Skinner the rest of the way and they're like oh okay whatever and they're in traffic, mm-hmm. which is seven cars. That is the traffic. <laughs> I love traffic and, in movies and TV shows. Yeah, and so mm-hmm. like she's in the back of the ambulance, and the ambulance moves a little bit, and it stops in traffic, and she's like, hang on, and pulls her gun, and <laughs> just cracks open the ambulance door to what's the other guy? The Louise Cardinal, the, he's out Louise, there, ready to shoot Yeah, just, and just immediately shoots her. Well, and... Then they run through traffic. <laughs> like, yeah. She chases him through the cars and he gets hit. Oh, and by the way, three times in this episode, the thing that we always talk about happened <laughs> that makes me laugh uh, where Scully just opens her badge and is like FBI. And yeah, FBI. Just, yeah. Well, first she did it when she was going to see Skinner 
and there was a guard outside his room. She just opened her thing and he just let her in the room. Yeah. <laughs> and then she slammed her badge against the, the window of the uh, ambulance. And then finally, when she chases Louise Cardinal down and she's holding him at gunpoint in the alley and the police show up and it's dark in there. Dark. It's so and they're dark. on like, the other side of the alley and they're like, put your gun down, put your gun down. Because all they see is somebody holding somebody else at gunpoint. And she just casually reaches in her pocket, pulls out her badge, holds it up in the dark still, <laughs> and says, FBI. And I'm like, I, I would never do this because obviously it's highly, highly illegal. But all I can think to myself is, if I just... She should have been shot. Not only that, but all I could think was, if I just bought, like, a... A, a, <laughs> a, toy, a toy FBI, FBI badge. badge off the... Could I just show it to people and they'd believe me? And I could just do stuff? Like, I don't think that's how that works. All right. Uh, we're going to need to start a Patreon just to <laughs> save up enough money for our bail when we go and try this. <laughs> Because I'm sure you could, like, go and be, like, movie prop FBI badge on Google right now and buy one. <laughs> Probably. I saw someone the other day in a cop car or, like, a decommissioned cop car <clears throat> still had the same colors and had <clears throat> the lights on top of it. <clears throat> but it's just two, like, normal people, like, like in their, like, in, like, just normal, like, a tank top and yeah. stuff. And I'm just like, I don't know if that's legal or not i think as long as they don't run the light bar on the top i don't think it like it, i think it's one of those instances where i don't think it's activated sure like, i think it's I, just there for show i think you could have all that shit uh but if you had in that case i'm just i'm thinking uh because i know that the only just from my job i know that the only civilian flashing light you can have on the top of the car is like an amber one like yeah. the construction trucks do and stuff like that you can't have red or blue cuz the red right. and blue if you run those then you are doing something illegal and you could so like i said we're going to have to make this a test and so check out our patreon where we will be taking all donations yeah, that FBI just so guess out of jail. Every time I'm like, nobody like checks for any reason. I'm just I'm not even gonna bother. I'm gonna take like an old like an empty checkbook and write FBI on a piece of paper and put that in there and use that. <sighs> uh, so yes, and uh, by the way, Cardinal tells her and i don't even know how he knows this exactly because apparently they tell the trigger man everything that he knows that Krychek is going to an abandoned missile silo in black crow north dakota and when Mulder and scully show up they find out that uh even though there was a disarmament treaty that said the base was supposed to be shut down and filled in with concrete it's obviously all open and they go down there and they get taken away by soldiers who are down there. They get caught. Uh, the smoking man's soldiers, the men in black, even though they're in soldiers' uniforms, 
And essentially, Mulder is like, you can't get away with this. I, I know Krychek is down there. And the smoking man is like, Krychek, he disappeared five months ago. I don't know what you're talking about. And they're like, well, we saw bodies down there, dead bodies. And the smoking man's like, you saw nothing. Yeah, just so nonchalantly, just like, there's nothing here for you guys. Mm-hmm. And Krychek, he is on top of the UFO, coughing out and running out of all of his facial orifices, the black oil, which seeps back down into the UFO. And then the show wraps up. Skinner returns to work. He comes down to the basement looking for Scully, uh, but Scully's not there. And Mulder finds her at Melissa's grave. And Scully's like, man, I I really thought finding the man who killed Melissa would would make me feel better. I thought it would make me feel like there was justice. And Mulder's like, well, uh, maybe there is kind of. Louise Cardinal, he's, he's dead in his cell. And Scully's like, what? And he's like, yeah, they made it look like suicide. And they talk a little bit. He got Jeffrey Epstein before Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, I'm not even, even going to go there. Um, and so they talk a little bit about um, the dead seeking for just, you know, the dead calling out from beyond the grave, seeking justice. And Mulder says, you never know. There, there may be some kind of justice. And we, the, the episode ends. We find out Krychek is just trapped underground in the missile silo banging on the door screaming to be let out that's pretty haunting uh of a of an ending yeah yep but that is the end so yeah that was apocrypha i gotta say really enjoyed it it was a pretty straightforward um easy episode for the most part Mm -hmm. i i will say uh uh jilly anderson's performance when they finally have louise Mm -hmm. and just be like are you him like Mm -hmm. you gain that emotion finally like as a viewer finally be like yes and he's there like you know don't kill me don't kill me don't kill me yeah for and you're just like fuck him up she has she does present in that moment even though you know scully is a good agent and everything it does seem almost like she's gonna just shoot him right there yeah so uh, yeah. I give I give this a, a strong A. All right. Um, I'm a little bit below you. I think the first half of this was a little bit better than the second half. Uh, mostly because I, even though I've seen this one a bunch of times, like all of the stuff with the syndicate still doesn't really make a ton of sense to me. Why they even bothered putting them in this episode? to like have their behind the scenes to, I, I just feel like there maybe was a better way to, to do what purpose they served without actually putting them in the episode. It just felt like one other thing that they put in there just to have it. The um, one thing that really, that, that I would say was my main critique was the smoking man takes Mulder and Scully mm-hmm. and then that's it. It's like a month later and then Mulder's just at his office again. Mm-hmm. Well, like, I like, think they've... I feel like you would have done more. <laughs> I think it came up in one of the earlier episodes. And I don't think it's... But they they pretty early on 
Yeah, I know it must have come up at this point. Uh, they clearly oh, um, had the discussion about if you actually kill Mulder instead of just leaving him out there, he becomes a martyr and other like people into the type of stuff Mulder is into out there in the world will like see his death as proof that there's stuff being hidden and yeah. it will make it so more people start to look into them than just it's like it they they because you're right they that is an, an obstacle they had to overcome really quickly in the series of why doesn't the smoking man just have him gunned down yeah <laughs> and it's not the best excuse in the world that they came up with but it's an excuse and you just got to take it for what it is yeah it is what it is what are you gonna do it's the 90s well, not only that, like, even now, I can't exactly think of what else they would do to justify the fact that the smoking man doesn't just shoot him or yeah. have him shot just, by somebody else. Like, it, And especially if you have Mulder and Scully, just, like, mm-hmm. take him out, like, like, move him somewhere away from everyone where no one's really going to pay attention. And they have enough in guys it's like the to thing- kind of make it look like an accident. It's like the thing they have to do now in almost every horror movie where almost immediately you have to figure out why they can't just call for help on their cell phone. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's so it's kind of like that. But yeah, I think this episode for me is is more in the B plus range. All right. Um, next week, the episode's really good i'm gonna spoil my thoughts on that right away but we can talk more in depth about it next time next week's episode is called pusher and it was written by vince gilligan which is probably speaking i am not a breaking bad fan although i recognize that it is very well critically received meaning that vince gilligan has talent as a writer so maybe that speaks to why this episode i think is super good is just because vince gilligan is good at that kind of thing even though i don't personally like breaking bad but not because i don't think it's a not because i don't think it's quality it's just not my thing (laughs) go on talk about breaking bad being trash it's all right yeah everybody that's our third podcast that, that really highly acclaimed show that everybody loved forever and ever it's terrible (laughs) <laughs> I've never watched it. I've only seen a couple episodes, and the only reason it's not for me is it's that thing that I don't necessarily like. It, it's just terrible people doing terrible things to other terrible people doing terrible things. Like, I, right. You know, I... Like Dexter. Yeah, only for some reason... We're going on a total, but for some reason, I only saw the first two seasons of Dexter, but I actually kind of liked Dexter, and maybe that's because some of the other characters in Dexter were more redeemable than Dexter himself, obviously. Well, th- th- that's because you only got through two seasons. Once you get to season four, it's like, what the fuck's happening? <laughs> okay, because I liked... Um... And then the new Dexter that's coming out. Because I liked, like, a lot of his co-workers. Um, there was, uh, what was his name? Angel. I thought he was pretty cool. Yeah. And so, I don't know. There's, 
And I liked Hannibal too, but Hannibal again is not just terrible people doing terrible things because that has, I don't know. I just, it, it's the same thing where like, I never totally got on board with Sons of Anarchy either. So Sons of Anarchy, I, I enjoyed it for what it was, but I have to agree. It was like, you're really just rooting for a bunch of people yeah. that are doing horrible things and they're like, Oh, I don't feel that bad. Cause he killed the guy that killed this guy. And it's like, but no. <laughs> and the Sopranos too. The Sopranos was never for me. I, basically, I guess what I'm saying is I like there to be a good guy in the things. I yeah. watch. <laughs> Once in a while I can get on board, but it has to be like, um, like we just, obviously the suicide squad is just a bunch of terrible people doing terrible things. But, uh, I don't know. It's it's a hard thing for me. We're way off topic now. We can just end this episode and talk about this without still, without still recording. Yeah. Oh, no, but I get you. Yeah. Yeah. Bye, everyone. All right, later. The FBI's Most Unwanted is a production of Two Broke Geeks Entertainment and is part of the Atomic Geekdom Network. Find the flagship Two Broke Geeks podcast wherever you download podcasts or online at twobrokegeeks.com. You can find the Atomic Geekdom Network at atomicgeekdom.com. Our artwork is by Justin Kowalski. You can find him on Twitter at J underscore Rocka. Our theme music is by Tony Longworth. You can find him on Twitter at Tony Longworth or on Facebook, Tony Longworth Dark Composer. You can help out the podcast by subscribing and leaving us a review. Thanks. 